back to another episode of Tuxedo Time. Where we wear tuxedos. And, and it, it is, is time. time. What edition is this? Nine? No, the, it's Niner. supposed to be blank edition. Oh, podcast edition. What? I <laughs> oh. guess, yeah. Chris, I before we get into talking about travel vlogging. Travel vlogging podcast edition. That's what it was Travel vlogging podcast edition. But before we get into the travel vlogging podcast edition, mm-hmm. I need to share something with you that I saw on Amazon that I can't. <laughs> okay can I, i'm gonna share this with you first and okay. then we'll get into like what people clicked on is this a segment this is a segment called random shit we found on amazon okay is there a jingle for it yeah there can be random shit we found on amazon <laughs> <laughs> that's it nailed it okay are you ready for this yes i was scrolling through amazon mm-hmm. recommended yes <laughs> oh my god tell me and show me Poop like a champion cereal. <laughs> I recommended for you. How appropriate. Oh my God. <laughs> the cereal is. Can you imagine going to your cupboard in the morning? You're hungry. You just woke up. You're ready for a nice, delicious snack. And you go and you pull out a box that says poop like a champion. You pour it up. You sit down. You lay the box in front of you. You're eating said cereal and reading the word poop at the same time. I'm sorry. The marketing team didn't think <laughs> that, that one through. Can I, I need to like, re- okay, there's like a segment that really s- stood out to me in the description. I don't know if I can get through it. <laughs> I don't know if I can get through it. Okay. It says, this is not mere cereal. It's the ultimate colon cleansing formula with a stupendous amount of That's so stupid. Stupendous. The review that stood out the most was one star. I did not poop like a champ, but I farted like a pro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I've been holding that in for weeks. (laughs) No pun intended. I couldn't. tonight all right i think yours was good enough for both of us i don't really have a it's okay oh you know what mine is mine's my panda suit (laughs) but we didn't find that on amazon we found that at Lindsay's house and then i bought it for you we did find it on amazon because oh yeah because it was on amazon we were looking for one of those giant oversized hoodies that she had oh and it was a panda one and then the company that makes them had a panda edition right so we bought that one and so we bought that one so yeah this definitely classifies on random classifies as random shit i found on amazon definitely i mean i don't know if it's as good as poop like a champion Listen here, okay? But I will say, Chris, if you ever come across anything weird on Amazon, please screenshot it and save it for the podcast. <laughs> okay, today we're going to be talking about um, travel vlogging and kind of like a little bit about how much that has changed for us since we started, because we started basically travel vlogging or adventure vlogging. I'm going to assume that everybody who listens to this podcast also watches our YouTube channel and therefore knows what vlogging is. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say that you assume that everybody who listens to this watches our YouTube channel and knows that we started like that. Well, maybe, maybe not. Vlogging is basically a video blog. Yes. Yes. Or a video log. A poop like a champion log. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so we don't need to define vlog. Webster's Dictionary defines vlog as... It's it's making YouTube videos about our travels, I guess. So when we started our YouTube channel, we moved to Vancouver and yes. we started basically documenting all of our adventures Correct. to hold ourselves accountable for the one year that we were spending there. Poop like a champion. Pooping like a champion. We were vlogging like champions. <laughs> we were documenting everything. And over time, 
we became a little more efficient at said travel vlogging and documenting our adventures. And we don't do a lot of travel vlogs anymore. We do a lot of helicopter videos and a lot of random shit right now. Obviously, we can't travel because of COVID. But I thought it'd be fun to kind of reminisce over some stuff and talk about travel since we can't travel um, and kind of like what travel vlogging and what our trips look like when we're making videos about the trip. Okay, well, first of all, we have way more luggage than normal people would have. Well, that's not true. We okay. have a different type of luggage than normal people would have. Sorry, I should say we take extra luggage than we would need to take. And we take less clothes than most people take. I think you and I travel really lightly if it wasn't for the camera gear. We never check a bag unless we're going for more than like unless we're going for t like two weeks and we're going to a destination that is either winter time or has multiple seasons it, within the trip. Yeah, we carry we just go with carry-ons. Carry-ons and then camera bags. But we always max out the two pieces of luggage for carry-ons. Oh, per we're person. a fucking nightmare on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got these little bags that you strap to your backpack <laughs> to cheat. Yeah, I do. My fanny pack. <laughs> yeah, your fanny pack and then like a nylon over the shoulder thing that'll just clip onto the, it's like a laundry bag. No. No. What? Don't you have another like pouch that you clip on? Are you thinking about my hooded microfiber pillow? <laughs> that too. <laughs> it's actually not microfiber. It's micro something else. You have a bunch of trinkets clipped onto your bag. Um, Hand sanitizer. Yeah. Hand sanitizer. I mean, someone may argue that's a personal item. Okay. A hand sanitizer and my travel hooded pillow, which, <laughs> by the way, one flight attendant said, I like your your pillow. She was lying. You steal it every single time we go. Honestly, I it's love that what, pillow. I just I, want to make you not feel bad about yourself. I regret taking it every time because it's so bulky until I'm in the plane and then I'm like, oh, sweet. And then you're like, mm, can I borrow your pillow? And I'm like, bitch, please. No. <laughs> and then you steal it anyway. It's not true. We go on trips. Our trips often look different depending on where we're going. But if we're, t if we're doing a normal trip where we're flying somewhere and we're, say, spending like a week and we plan on actually adventuring, we're probably going to be making a video. Probably. So... Arizona, for example, that was probably the last time you and I checked a bag because yeah. we were there for a week. We were also in LA before that. So it was a multi-stop trip. That's right. We were. So we were gone for two weeks and we knew because we had actually planned that trip that we were going to be in hot summer heat weather in Scottsdale and that we're going to be in cooler weather up in the Grand Canyon. So we needed layers and shit. First of all, you have a camera bag. Yes, I do. It's full of camera Multiple stuff, camera lenses. Mm -hmm. I have now a drone bag that's full of drones. Yes. And then each of us have a carry-on that we use for our own respective clothes and toiletries. Correct. Yeah, so that's our that's our luggage situation. Mm -hmm. And then when we're actually traveling, we're trying to string together a video. Yes. Or a story. Of what that's going to be. So when we started vlogging, we used to just document everything. We'd film every single thing. And that's changed now. Now we're way more strategic when we travel and we film because we realize that we don't want to spend our entire trip, our entire vacation working. So now before we go on a trip, we kind of know where we're going. We know what we're bringing because we bring the same shit every time. But then we, tr we try to decide what the story is or what the main like idea is behind the video. So whether that's like a bag review or it's bucket list items that we want to do or it's as simple as doing like um, like a folk length challenge video, which is like a new series we started on our channel. Um, we kind of try to figure out what the video is going to be about before we go. 
so we can loosely plan it out so we don't spend our entire trip with our face in the back of the camera. Which is what we were doing when we were in Vancouver a lot of times. It's like we all the stuff, our adventures we would go on or things we would do, the activities we would experience through the back of a camera. Mm -hmm. And then which, the, the story would come together in the edit if it even came together as a story. Yeah, it's like you go to concerts and you see everybody, every like third person in the audience has their phone, they're looking at the back of the screen and they're filming it. Mm -hmm. It's like, when have you ever went back and watched that footage? Yeah, never. Never. No. Ever. No. And nobody wants to see it. You. you Nothing is worse than somebody's perforated, perforated line on their Instagram story. Yeah. It's just like a concert. Oh my God, that's an Ugh, instant fast forward skip. for me. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny how things like that have changed. And I feel like, it's it's all about you know practice and trying to figure it out because you know we don't need to show you guys every single meal we ate or showering in the morning unless that has something to do with the story for example our arizona vlogs they were more adventure vlogs there wasn't really a story a story kind of popped up while we were there and we kind of just ran with it but it was more so about documenting these adventures that we were doing because i had always wanted to go there i don't remember what that story was well the second one was what is photography because they wouldn't let us shoot video in the antelope canyon so we shot all of those <laughs> i remember i was like so what if i shoot how many frames <laughs> per second of photographs does it take to become now video and motion picture yeah well that's what the video was ended up being kind of about but it was a lot it was more so it was loosely about I that i totally forgot about that yeah so i put it on a tripod and just click Click, click, click. I did a time lapse of photos going through Antelope Canyon that became a video. Yeah. But you know what's really funny? I, I was so mad at the time that we couldn't shoot like normal B-roll, but it actually turned out pretty cool. Like it was definitely different. Well, it forced you to focus on photos. Yeah, but we were able, because you shot these like really weird time lapses, I was able to like edit those to music and then show the photos that I was taking because that whole trip was very heavy photo based. I had a number of destinations that I wanted to hit for photography because I'd been thinking about going to Arizona since I was like 15. So I totally forgot about that part of the trip. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Oh my God, that was a great trip. But then it's like, you know, then there's videos like when we went to DC to visit Johnny and Iz. And a lot of times when we're traveling with friends, that changes things, friends or family, because you don't want to have the camera out and you want to make sure that you're spending time with those friends and family. Well, it depends on which... Like if Which friends and family? Yeah, it's like, are they friends who do YouTube or are they friends who don't do YouTube? But even if they're friends that do YouTube, like a lot of times, like we just kind of want to hang out. Like if you look at any of the last trips that we went on, like we went to Vancouver with Chris and Lizzie and Johnny and Iz. And I knew that I didn't want to film every single moment because I knew that we were going to spend a lot of time just chilling. Yeah. But also to like going <laughs> and that's the trip we went and hang out with Johnny and Iz in DC, we spent the first night with shauna and james my cousin shauna right. and we didn't film anything because we didn't want to be like that annoying person who's just filming it when someone maybe doesn't want to even be in the video and would rather just hang out yeah well that's something i think i feel like i've learned over the last couple of years is that like not everyone wants to be in your videos and not everyone is comfortable with saying hey i don't want to be in your videos so i have just decided that i'm not going to put people who aren't YouTubers in my videos, unless like there's a specific thing we're doing and I'll ask and just be very clear. Like it's totally okay if you don't want to. Um, because I was putting like my family in videos and then like I realized that my dad doesn't really like being on camera and I was probably making him feel uncomfortable. So I ask him now or sometimes he'll be like, hey, I have something to say on camera <laughs> and, and he'll come on and do it. But you know, with Johnny and Iz, when we went to DC, like we knew we were only going to be there for like a weekend. Mm -hmm. So I 
decided that the story for that trip was going to be a camera bag review. And I filmed half of it at home. And I filmed, I filmed the intro and the outro at home. And then I filmed a little bit while we were there. But me being in D or us being in DC with Johnny Niz wasn't reliant on finishing the video. I didn't really need to film that entire trip in order to make a story. All I needed was a handful of clips here and there, looking at the bag, reviewing the bag, using the bag so that I could tie it together in the studio later. But a lot of times when you and I go on trips, it's all at like during the trip when we pull the story out. Yeah, it adds another level of complexity to a trip when you're already trying to figure out how to get places, the logistics of the trip itself, what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And then to add on, oh, now I have to film something, but not just film it without thinking, but film it so that it's a coherent narrative of some sort. Right. Yeah, it's tough. And mostly that falls on your shoulders. It definitely does fall on my, because I think if I didn't do it, we would just be still doing what we did in Vancouver, just filming everything. Listen here, I'm flying the, the helicopter. We're okay? not talking about helicopter trips, Chris. Well, Give no excuse. Question I see sometimes is like, do you pick trips to go on and then vlog or does the vlog like make you choose where you go? I think a lot of times that we just decide where we want to go and then make a video about it. I feel like the video always comes secondary to what we're doing. We never really do something specifically because we think it's going to make a good video. Yeah, I agree with you. So I think a lot of times the process is kind of like, okay, where do we want to go? How much time do we have? And then we pick a place and then what do we want to see while we're there? What do we want to do while we're there? Who do we want to see? And then once we figure out all of the those things, what the trip is about and how we're going to run through the trip, then the video comes secondary. All right, how, how do we want to document this? Do we want to document the entire trip start to finish? Do we want to not worry about the video and just shoot a couple of clips here and there and then pull together something in, in post later? <laughs> or do we have a very specific idea that we can film on this one particular day of the trip and then enjoy the rest of the trip? And probably more often than not, something happens that's totally unexpected. Mm -hmm. And that kind of takes the story a little bit off course of what you expect. Right. But it always works out. Definitely. Well, if you look at um, when we went to camera camp, mm -hmm. we had kind of three ideas for videos for there. One was a vlog, just getting there. The second one was switching to Sony for photos mm -hmm. because I had been considering it and I thought that would be a really good opportunity. But that video, it was like loosely based on switching. So I, I knew the, the video was going to be mostly about shooting photos there. But then like you crash your drone into the water. <laughs> it became a drone rescue mission. Yeah. And so <laughs> and then it was like, how do you tie all that stuff together? So no matter how much planning we do or how much of the concept of the video we have planned beforehand, like there's always shit that pops up. And Sometimes that's good. And if you can roll with the punches, you can really pull out a cool story. I mean, if you're so focused on planning everything and everything going perfect, then sometimes the video just doesn't end up being that great. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So why don't you explain like what a typical trip looks like for us in terms of plan? Like who does the planning? Who does the filming? Who does the story? Who packs the camera bags? Like you do all of those tasks. <laughs> I don't do any of those tasks. Yeah, you're right. I plan everything when it comes to the helicopter trips, but if it's anything else, you plan it. Yes. Usually if it's a helicopter trip, you and I will kind of go back and forth on what that video is going to be because if it's going to be a helicopter video, sometimes there's a, a, an idea that you already have. Yeah. Like I've got a, a, a list or a, a running tab of all these ideas for helicopter videos that we haven't made before, but just need the proper scenario or setup, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be a trip or just an outing in the day. And then the opportunity to sort of film that as sort of a side 
branch of the helicopter trip. Yeah. That's kind of the cool thing about you having that running list because if we were doing a helicopter video, when we go on helicopter trips, it's hard to film different things because it's kind of this, it, everything looks the same every time you go. Even if it's a new experience and we're going to somewhere new and it's cool and it's exciting, we're still at the hangar every morning. It's still this little tiny bubble. You know, it's the same gear. It's the same field of view. So sometimes it's a challenge in how can you show that in a different way so that this 20th helicopter video that we're making doesn't look like the other 20 helicopter videos we're making. <laughs> so it becomes a challenge every single time. So it's helpful that you have this like running list. So you're saying we're going to go to Rochester, say for an example. Okay, well, I don't really have an idea. So let's pull something off your list and you have a video and then, okay, cool. And that sparks something and that gives me something to shoot or I can start thinking of a way to tell the story in maybe a different way versus just like doing a B-roll montage of you doing your DI and then a time lapse of us pushing out. And then, it, you know, cause that's what it, a lot of times it ends up being. Classic. <laughs> right. But then when it comes to like actual trips, like a lot of times it's just like, okay, here's a cool Airbnb. You'll usually book the flights or I'll find them and you'll book them. I say, this is the video we're making. Basically, that's how that's the process. And then I film everything. True. And then I tell you if you had to film something. But pretty much, I think like I man the camera for video now the majority of the time. Like 80%. Yeah. Whereas like when we started, it used to be a lot more you. And we used to hold the camera out with both of us in the frame. We don't do that a lot anymore. I don't know if really? you noticed. Yeah. I never noticed. Yeah. A lot of times, like I've noticed recently, like a lot of the clips, like... Unless the camera's in a tripod and you and I are in, in the frame, like it's a lot is just me filming you or you filming me. I never noticed that. Yeah. Whereas like our all of our Vancouver vlogs is us traditionally vlogging, holding the camera out with a wide lens. Hmm. Because I remember last time we did it, I was like, this feels awkward. <laughs> like it's weird, you know? Because you didn't know where to look. Well, that and yeah, I don't know where to look. And holding the camera out anyway and, and talking with the second person in the frame also is hard to do. And then if you're walking on top of that, it's challenging. Mm -hmm. So we recently went back to Vancouver. Yeah, we did for the first time in like two years. And you had a very emotional response. It did, yeah. When we landed. Yeah. Or as you were coming in for landing. That was a weird feeling for sure. Definitely. It was weird. I had a lot of mixed emotions before we went back. So we did. We took this trip with Johnny and Iz and um, Chris and Lizzie. And it was our first time going back to Vancouver since living there. And I was really worried leading up to the trip that I was going to want to leave Buffalo and move back. <laughs> Did you feel that way? No, I didn't. But I definitely got emotional coming in. I had decided beforehand that I wasn't going to vlog the trip, that I was going to make a 16 millimeter focal length challenge video because it was the easiest way for me to kind of document some of the trip. It was a good excuse to make the video, but it wouldn't require me to string along a story and be filming the entire time. And as soon as we came down through the clouds and started like circling, doing that circuit around ba downtown Vancouver, I was like crying. <laughs> you were, you totally were crying. And I pulled out my phone and I started filming because my camera was in my bag and it was all happening so fast. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why am I crying? It was emotional, I guess. And, but we never made a video about that. No, we didn't. I think when we were in the plane, we decided we wanted to make a film about it because we were really going back to the place where it all started. True. Vancouver was the reason why we started YouTube. Mm -hmm. And now we were going back with friends that we met on YouTube that we would never had met had we not started, had we not moved to That's Vancouver. That's a weird thing. Yeah. 
isn't it? So I felt that Vancouver, it felt so familiar, but so unfamiliar at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was like, and I guess it was, that's a perfect way to kind of encompass the fact that it's a prior place you lived, but it's no longer your home. Mm -hmm. It's different. It was the same, but different. Yeah. And it's funny because like when you go back to St. John's, everything is the same, but everything is the same. Everything feels the same. Every you feel disconnected, and you. But I always expect it to be the way I felt about Vancouver. Like it's the same but different. But every time I go home, it's it's the same, but it's the same. See, for me, St. John's, I feel the same way. Really, it's the same but different. It's not my home anymore. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. I mean, I guess you haven't been back as much as I have. No. And I, when I go back, I stay with my parents. Mm-hmm. So it's very like I mean, grew up in the house. Yeah. Whereas I don't think you've ever gone back and stayed with your mom. Well, you never lived in the house either, so. Because you pulled me out of the house when I was 26. No, I pulled you out of a different house. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Vancouver was crazy. I mean, it was it was awesome to go back there with them and experience all these things that we had experienced before. And, and knowing the city and being able to say like, hey, we know this place is safe. We know this is a good place to stay. We know these are good places to eat. We only had like four or five days there. Which half of them we spent in Squamish right. outside of Vancouver. So yeah. we didn't have, we didn't actually have that many days in Vancouver. No, we had like two, I think. Yeah. But the weather, oh my God, the weather was exactly like I remember it. I miss like making... Rainy, drizzly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I miss making videos and taking photos in that weather. Mm. It's my favorite. Like foggy, low-hanging mountain clouds. <laughs> God damn. With Love wood, it. Wooded forests. Yeah, like Low cloud tufts. Mm, so good. Yeah. So Do you remember good. that forest we went in? Those, it, I think it was where they filmed one of the Star Wars. You're talking about Cathedral Grove. Cathedral Grove, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they, did they film one of the Star Wars scenes there? I think so. Yeah, it's, you know, there's so much that BC has to offer that I'm so glad. I have zero regret, regrets. Regrets? Regrets. I regret, no, no, no regrets. regrets. I have zero regrets about filming too much in Vancouver. Yeah. I mean, it was, like you said, we were figuring out our youtube presence mm-hmm. and how we were doing our videos so yeah we filmed everything and we just cut together random strings of thought yeah well even like we go downtown and go for food and we just film that we don't do that ever anymore but i mean even like watching some of those videos it would be like okay it'd be us eating and then it would just cut to like some random thing that we're doing the next day yeah it had it made no sense. It made zero sense. I I don't think we really knew what we were doing at the time, and we were just kind of like I mean, if even if you look at our color grading, and it, it was shit, and if you look at the way we were acting, like we were normal, but we were awkward, and we were definitely holding back a little bit. I think on ourselves, and I don't know why that was. I mean, part of me thinks that there's like a level of being a little bit nervous about what people are gonna say about you if you're your true self <laughs> true weirdo self well yeah too and i think sometimes this is going to sound really stupid but i think sometimes when you don't have a lot of subscribers and you're a little bit wacky and weird people are more likely to not be okay with it or to hate on you <laughs> than if you're validated like you know validated in quotes by having subscribers Maybe. you know what i mean like i don't know i feel like people just get would, would get bullied if you were weird with no subscribers but then if you have subscribers people would be like Oh, this person's like weird and funny. So here's something that I realized though, <laughs> is that when we were just starting at YouTube mm-hmm. in Vancouver, I remember how weird it felt with a ca- holding a camera up in public God, yeah, and still filming awkward. yourself. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I specifically thought, you know what? 
if I had like, if we had like 10,000 subscribers, it wouldn't be weird anymore because it'd be like, I'm doing it and there's something to show for it and it's real then if you have 10,000. Mm -hmm. And then we hit 10,000 when we were here in Buffalo. Yeah. And I remember still thinking, oh man, it's really still really awkward filming in public. And I just thought, you know what? If we had like 100,000, it'd be one of those things where, okay, now it's like a legit thing where people are like making careers out of it when they hit six figures like that. And it will it won't be awkward then. And I realize now we've hit 100, we're at 200,000 now. It's still awkward. Still awkward. And I'm thinking maybe if we had a million, no, nope, nope. nope. It's going to be awkward regardless of how many yep. subscribers you have. If you're in the general public and you're filming yourself, it's mm -hmm. going to be awkward. No way around it. 100%. And you know, it's funny going back to what I said about like maybe not being 100% yourself. It's actually probably a little more scary to be 100% yourself with an audience because you're being exposed to more people who may not like what they're seeing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Haters don't come until you get a sort of like a solid subscriber base mm -hmm. and there's a decent number of amount of people. It's probably just a numbers game where when you have that, more people are watching your videos and therefore they're getting promoted more on like browse pages and all that. Yeah. And so random people are now seeing your videos. And I also think that trolls um, will comment on larger channels with more hateful comments, maybe because they don't think that this person is going to ever see it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Or that it's going to not affect them because they're a popular YouTuber quote unquote. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I agree with you. There's sometimes where people have said something to me and our, our channel isn't like massive, but some, somebody would comment something mean and I'd call them out and they'd be like, Oh my God, I love you so much. Like you're a huge inspiration. I'm like, I, I t like, I'm sorry. And it's like, why did you say it in the first place? Like, are you trying to get attention? Like if you really do, are you, if you really are a fan, like why would you say, I didn't think you'd see this. I'm so sorry. Like, like obviously we see it. We see a lot of it. Some of it I choose to ignore because I don't like what I read. <laughs> you know? What I do is I go through the comments. I try to go through the comments before she sees them and I'll hide the ones that are not nice about her. I appreciate that because there are a lot of not nice ones about me. I don't care about what people say it about me. I'm just like, oh, fuck you, whatever. I get more mad when people say shit about you. than. See, I get more mad when people say stuff about you. The things that make me mad, and this video is not about what makes me mad, it's about travel vlogging, <laughs> but it kind of relates. The thing, the comments that make me the most mad are when people ask me about my weight because, or ask me if I'm like pregnant. It's like, <laughs> never ever assume, never. I saw one person's comment and they said, never assume what is or what isn't in somebody's uterus. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> because like you can't tell it's like yes i've gained weight go fuck yourself Wait, are you pregnant no i'm not <laughs> but like that or like i don't you know okay you're tired you're ugly i mean i know how i look i'm not i i look in the mirror every day i know what my face looks like but then it's like the condescending shit or like the call outs on the swearing especially when i know it's sexist like when you and i swear in the same in the same video the same amount of times and then i get called a foul mouth kind I'm like, <laughs> that's ironic when someone says that yeah it's like, I don't wait. see how they didn't see the irony in that. No, I know. But I think it's like a woman thing. It's like, oh, you're, you're a, a woman, so you shouldn't be saying F or whatever. And, but anyway, this, right. this, yeah. So um, that drives me nuts because a lot of the other comments like, blue hair doesn't know what she's talking about on tech videos. I'm like, bitch, I know what I'm talking about. 
Like, <laughs> fuck off. But those are the those are the comments that piss me off. Like, somebody said I look like Professor Snape on meth the other day. Like, that was fucking funny. <laughs> I laughed so hard that I screenshot it and sent it to all my friends because I thought it was amazing. Oh, yeah, the classic, why you have no tits. Or why you have no tits. Yeah, it's like, okay. I mean, I know so I got no tits. Like, it's fine. But, um, but yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, I think that the larger your channel, sometimes the people think that they're not going to see it so they can be ruthless and, and take out their anger on you. But anyway, um, on that note, let's take a break <laughs> and we come back. Um, we should talk. Remember that one time when there was a mouse in our suitcase? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Worst trip ever. I didn't find it that bad. Okay, break time. So if anybody doesn't follow our YouTube channel and didn't see the video we did on our trip to the Bahamas. Oh my God. This is what we're talking about. You can find it in the show notes, beckyandchris.com slash podcast episode whatever, niner. Whatever this is. Niner. <laughs> Chris, that trip was a fucking shit show. And I knew it was going to be when we were in the airport and you called the guy about the jet skis. There was no phone. There was no call. It was just disconnected. We chose an Airbnb because the guy in the ad, it said that there were jet skis available for rental. Looking back on that, by the way, I'm really glad that the jet ski thing didn't work out. That could have been so fucked and so dangerous for us to no, do we that. No, we got Garmin in reach. We were fine. Well, All the islands are like within line of sight. There are people who live in the Bahamas who commented on our video and they were like, I can't believe these people thought that they could do that on jet skis. Anyway. I just say we stay on the leeward side of the islands. We'd be fine. Anyway, so. So we wanted to travel between, we kind of wanted to go and hit all these destinations. First off, can I just say that the Bahamas had been on my list forever yes i was so excited to go to the bahamas i have been looking forward to it since i was a child i couldn't wait to look at the water i couldn't wait to touch the water i couldn't wait to go to the bahamas and i wanted to explore the exuma keys which is just a little i guess i guess it's an archipelago it's just like a chain of islands mm -hmm. that creates the exuma keys and within all of these islands, there's all these different little spots that you can go to. They have an, one of the islands just full of these lizards. They have another island um, where they filmed a James Bond movie. They've got uh, plane wrecks. I think like Pablo Escobar or some drug smuggling guy had a plane wreck there. Uh, there's one or two of those. Uh, so there's all these different like attractions. Oh, and the pigs, Pig Beach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a beach with pigs on them. There's so many cool things. Wild pigs. You did a really good job taking the reins on that trip and planning everything. Oh yeah, I planned the whole thing, didn't you had, I? You planned the whole there thing. There you go, I take back what I said earlier. You also planned a really dope New York trip for us one time, the first time I ever went to New York. You had so many cool shit, so much cool shit. I wanted it to be special for you. It was really special. So this, we wanted to hit all of these destinations, which are all on these different islands. So I said, well, let's rent jet skis and just like hop from island to island and do it as like a big day trip. And when we were in the airport in Florida, waiting to depart for the Bahamas, we were confirming our reservation or something. And I think we called the guy or he called, did he call us or we call him? I think, didn't he send you an email and then you tried to call? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So he sent me a, a message basically through Airbnb saying like, oh, like no jet skis or something. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Like the only reason why we rented your crappy Airbnb was for the jet skis. There were really mixed reviews from okay reviews to not great reviews on that guy's property. Yeah. And the only reason, and I was not okay with staying there based on the <laughs> reviews because I'm very, like a huge 
review reader. But there's literally no jet ski rentals on that island. So that was so like you the only option. Me. You convinced me that that was the only option. Right. It was so the only option. It. So we took it. And there were no and jet the skis. Only, and the only reason we went there was for the jet skis. And then he like messaged us when we were at the airport ready to go like a couple hours before we were supposed to arrive. And he's like, yeah, there's no jet skis. Now thinking back on it, do you think he does it to rent his place? And then... I have no idea. It was disgusting. His place was not nice. No, there was rats and mice. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. So continue. So... We, I basically said, whoa, 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 this is not okay. So I called him up and like called him out on it. Like, this is bait and switch, man. Like, this is the only reason we joined your spot. This is, we had the plans. So he's like, oh, I'll find you jet skis. Never found his jet skis. Uh, no, sorry. He did find his jet skis, but the rate was like 10 times what he quoted us. Hundreds of dollars an hour. It was basically the day rate was the hour rate. Yeah. So we, the, what we budgeted was, okay, well, we'll spend this much. It'll be... Uh, a lot of money, you know, but we'll have them for the full day because it's a day rate. But then he came back and was like, oh, it's, yeah, it's this much per hour, which was the same as the day rate. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I'm going to take these for 10 hours. I'm going to owe you $4,000 per jet ski. It's going to $8,000 jet ski rental. It makes no sense. There's no way we can afford to do that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I had to, the jet skis are the last people. They messed up the uh, something with, they like ran them ashore and they messed up the impeller or whatever the, mechanism underneath is and they're in for repairs but so the only way i can get jet skis if i rent them off a third party and that's what they charge so sorry Mm -hmm. so i mean it's it's like a legit excuse i guess if it's true but it really kind of screwed us from our plan standpoint because that was what we had the whole trip was around this day of jet skis and seeing the islands Mm -hmm. so we didn't have anything else planned besides we were going for like four days right because we had front loaded our trip with a um visit to Florida to see our parents. Right. Yeah. And I, and I hate complaining or like <laughs> complaining about our, our trip to the Bahamas. It's like, oh, woe is me. You know, like you can't really complain about the luxury of being able to travel to the Bahamas. Yeah. But it was like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. It was Murphy's trip. It was. Yeah. So that happened. We got there. It rained the whole time we were there. We got the car rental. The car rental, the car was like super sketchy. There was like check engine lights on, warning lights on, everything. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I didn't expect anything because I, I had been... My... You had been to the Bahamas before. I think I had a, a different idea of what the Bahamas was. Yeah, your opinion, of the, your impression of the Bahamas was based on probably uh, Hollywood movies where they go to the Bahamas and are on like a five-star Atlantis yeah. resort. It's like, that's not the Bahamas no. unless you stay at that resort. Right. This is like, because I I, went, I used to go to the Bahamas as a kid because my dad did alternative cancer treatment in Freeport, Grand Bahama Island, mm-hmm. which is not like, like Nassau is the city where everybody goes. It's the kind of the most well-known tourist destination right? and probably the most commercialized. But, you know, going to the Grand Bahama Island, that's like the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see, I think you see a lot more of the Bahamian culture there. Right. But you know, the, the, all the car rental places there, all the cars are just these old beaters. I mean, I think like ha- had, had the trip gone perfectly and the car was the car, I wouldn't have even taken note of it. But it was like that. This, it was just one was more like thing to on add. Yeah, yeah. One more thing to add to the overall experience. Yeah. So the first day we get to the Airbnb and the Airbnb at first looks it's like not not great, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. And but it's really damp inside. Yeah, there's everything is wet, and they had candles lit everywhere, and so one of the rooms reeked of mold and mildew, reeked, and it was like like water was like pouring in through the window, and then within like the first hour, we saw a mouse run across the kitchen, mm-hmm. um, underneath the fridge. So yeah. so and I'm already at this point like a little bit 
perturbed that the whole jet ski thing didn't work out. And then this is now this place has mice in it. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, come on. Like, this is not okay. Yeah. So we decide to close up the bedroom door and put a towel underneath the door in hopes that no mice will come into our stuff. Because I said, the la- they're going to get into our bags. I just like don't need to wake up in the middle of the night to mice like on my chest, in my bags, whatever. So we put a tor- towel under the door, we close the door. And then we go into the town to get food. Now, at this point, we had brought oh $1,000 with us. Cash, I think it was. Yeah. We had $1,000 cash. Coming in. Oh, yeah. That was probably the first thing. That was, the, that, that was after like, the jet skis. That was the that second, was the second thing. thing. Yeah. We landed and cleared customs. And they specifically said, you know, when you're clearing customs, do you have any of the following items? And they said, do you have a drone? And before I could say anything, Becky's like, yes. I was like, Becky. Okay. This is the reason why I said yes. A, I don't like lying. <laughs> you weren't lying. You just weren't. Okay. B. I mean, yeah, you were. We were in a different. Know. We're in a different country. I mean, you wouldn't be lying if you said no because I was one with the drone. Okay, we we're in a different country. I pictured worst case scenario: getting a fine, getting held, getting thrown in prison. I don't know. So I said yes. I didn't even think about it. It just came out of my mouth. So they said, okay, you owe us three hundred dollar uh, fee for the drone a tariff tariff an import tax when you come back to the airport show us your drone you get the money back right but we only had a certain amount of cash we had a thousand dollars cash yeah so, so they took three hundred dollars cash from it and i think it was supposed to be like 50 percent of the value or or 30 percent of the value of the drone and i think because they have very steep import taxes on electronics yeah so they hold your money uh only to be returned when you re- when you leave the country and show them that you're taking the drone with you. Yeah. So after we find the mi- the mouse, we go into the town to get groceries and to get more money because we didn't have enough money to pay for the boat tour company or whatever rental company we were going to get to eventually take us to all these destinations. Right. Because that was the plan after the backup plan was, okay, well, we can't get jet skis ourselves. So let's get a boat tour and do that and see this, see all the destinations, but do it via boat. Yeah. So while all these things were happening, Chris was kind of like on the phone trying to get in contact with the guy who was running us the Airbnb so we could try to get a contact for this boat tour company to see if we could do some kind of like custom boat tour and then do it like the next day and then see what the cost was going to be. So we're in the town. We go to the bank and the fucking bank is like the connection to the island or the connection to the country sh- shut down yeah, they, and has been shut down for like a week. Right. Yeah. So you couldn't get money out of the bank. Yeah. <laughs> so we were left with like $800 or whatever, $700. Ca- that's all we had. Right. But then we just spent, we spent a bunch of money on food. We spent a bunch of money on food. Yeah. And then everything like the ta- any, um, the car rental I had to pay that in cash because everything's cash. Yeah. Not to mention like gas and some of the destinations we wanted to go to, like the island's not big, but we still had to drive it. Right. Um, and then, you know, if we decided to like eat at a restaurant one night, cash. that was cash. Yeah. So we were like, holy fuck, we're stuck on this island. Nothing is working out. We are running out of money. We Because customs took because one customs third, took of, our third of our budget. Yep. <laughs> There's a mouse in our apartment and it's very uncomfortable and it's raining which is fine raining. We deal with rain. We lived in Vancouver. Yeah. But raining on top of all of the stuff. Yeah. And you expect, you know, you go to the Bahamas, obviously you want like bright sunny days yeah. on the beach, blah, blah, blah. These, you know, what you picture when you go to the Bahamas. So again, it's it's fine if things rain, but it's just one of those, one more thing to add insult to injury kind of thing. Yeah. So I remember like that night we were just like sitting in the fucking apartment 
the Airbnb and we're like, what are we supposed to do right now? Like there was no internet, I don't think. There, it was windy and raining. There was no restaurant. The restaurant next door wasn't open. We had no money. And we were just like sitting there and it was pouring out. <laughs> and we were like, what the fuck are we doing? So the next day we get up. You were like, I want to change my flight. I'm going home. Yeah. Well, I was literally at that point. I was like, if it's raining tomorrow, I'm changing my flight. I was we're fine with that. I was like, you know what? Whatever. We're here. We have our health. Having a great time. I think like <laughs> had the, the Airbnb been clean and comfortable, I would have been fine. Right. But it was damp. It was moldy. And there was mice. Yeah, that's, it's I hard was, to be comfortable when you don't have those that sort of like basic level of sanitation. Yeah, and there was like no soap or anything like that. that oh, normally, I forgot about yeah, there, no, no there were no amenities. There. Yeah, or toilet paper either. So yeah. we had to buy that stuff. So the next day we get up and that's the day we were going to do our tour. And it's pouring and it's windy and there's swells in the ocean. And I get super motion sick. Yep. So I was like, oh my God, this is just going to be like an absolute nightmare. We ended up finding a boat tour company who were, were willing to basically spend the day with us to do a private tour um, which was awesome. They yeah. were really great. And anyway, long story short, we ended up getting on the boat about midday. The sun came out. It was the one sunny day we had on the trip. Mm. And we had a fucking banger of a day. Yeah. Like we got in the boat. We hit every single destination you had on your list. We went to Pig Beach. We went to the grotto. Oh, yeah, I got to swim with, a sea tur- with sea turtles. We got to swim with sea turtles. We swam around that uh, shipwreck. We did the uh sandbar we did the iguana we did every single thing like by the end i was fucking exhausted i was so exhausted too i remember he was like do you still want to see the sea turtles and you were like yeah definitely and then he was like okay well we still have to do like the sandbar and iguana the iguana beach and i was like there's so much left and i'm <laughs> pooped the better i think that what uh a better way to do it would be if we broke it all the destination up into two days if we could do that yeah and then done it stayed at like staniel key like gone up and, and then stayed stay, up key and then came back down somehow. Definitely. Yeah. I think like looking back, that would have been good. But I mean, we did it all in one day and we scraped everything together last minute too. The iguanas I think was the last thing. And we went back and we got back to the Airbnb and we were like, okay, like we did what we came here to do. Yeah. We were happy. I think we went down to like the restaurant was open that day. We had conch, I think. And then the following day, we decided we were going to drive up to the that equator beach. Ca- Tropic of Cancer, Tropic of Capricorn or something. Yeah. Anyway, it was some, some beach. Some beach. Some beach on the something something. <laughs> yeah. So we drove to this beach. It was like an hour away. And no, it wasn't that long. It wasn't that far away. Yeah, it was. The whole island is you can get across in less than that, can't you? I thought it was like 45 minutes. Anyway, so anyway, we drove to this, this beach. We drove to this beach. We're on the beach. The water is like, I'm happy as a fucking pig and shit here because we just did all of our adventures the day before. It was nice out. I got to finally get into this like turquoise water. Sun was out. It was nice, warm, beautiful turquoise water. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I wanted to get a drone shot. Yeah. So I was like frolicking around the water. Chris wanted to get a drone shot. We had the Mavic Air at the time. Brand new. We got it like a couple of weeks before the trip. So we threw up the drone and... Bloop. Lost it in the ocean. <laughs> Fucking lost it. I always want to get these shots like in sport mode, going full tilt backwards so the props aren't in the shot, but skimming over the top of the water. What's with you and crashing drones into the water? Hey. And then going in after them to get them and almost dying. Well, I didn't almost die. No, but this time you you went over to this like couple and you were like, excuse me, can I borrow your flippers and fucking snorkels so I can go down and try to... And all I could think was like, oh my God, he's going to get like sucked out and we're in the Bahamas. There's no Coast Guard here. And he's going to fucking die. Dude, anyway, it wasn't that far out. You couldn't see anything. You went and you had like your phone. So I had my phone in one hand with last known GPS coordinate. 
and I was hoping that it was going to be still very shallow, but it got deep really fast. So I was like, you know what? There is no chance of me finding this drone here. And the problem was I couldn't use the mask because I had glasses on. Right. And I couldn't make a seal. So I'm like using the mask as a looking glass, treading water with my phone up in the air so it doesn't get wet. And then I was like, oh my God, if I drop my phone, I'm screwed here. And one of us had to be on the beach with our belongings. Right. So I I accepted that the drone was was gone. gone. And I would say within five minutes of that happening a massive thunder and lightning torrential downpour came through <laughs> and fucking soaked everything that we had. Yep. Our towels, our clothes, our food bag, everything. Yeah, and we're like, let's just go. We leave. So we're driving back to our Airbnb. And, and we, wouldn't you know, we get a flat tire. Fucking flat tire. <laughs> and we're ch- out changing the tire and you can hear the thunder rolling in the background. <laughs> There's fucking goats on the side of the road just like watching us like you fuckers, right? <laughs> you idiots. Idiots. You stupid tourists. Jesus Christ tonight. So anyway, we get in the car, we go to this restaurant. We're having whatever, laughing. It was funny at this point because everything yeah. was going wrong. So we go to this restaurant. We go back to the Airbnb. We're leaving the next day. Mm-hmm. Check, then, check the vlog. There's all, yeah, it's all, all in the vlog. The whole thing is in the vlog. And so we go to bed that night three o'clock in the morning fuck is that i said jesus christ there's somebody in the house chris get up out of it listen looked at the door because the night that night before we went to bed i said chris make sure you close the door now because every night i've been closing the door with the towel underneath and putting the towel underneath underneath. and of course chris did not close the door (laughs) and did not put the towel so i get up i look the door the bedroom door is a crack open there's a fucking mouse inside a suitcase. <laughs> a fucking mouse. Well, it wasn't just in the suitcase. It was in the lining of the suitcase. It was in the lining. Like we opened the lid and we see a bump moving around <laughs> underneath the skin of the suitcase. It was like the Matrix. Oh, That's what it reminded oh me God, of. Oh my God, it was exactly like that. When Neo got that bug that like went into his belly button that and was- it was... It was moving around under his skin yeah it was like that it was like a bump but it was a mouse underneath the layer of fabric on the inside of the suitcase so here two of us were three o'clock in the morning we had to get up in a few hours to go to the airport dumping shit all over the floor through the suitcase outside the window iphone lights on trying to get like figure out where this mouse is it is windy as fuck out do you remember how windy it was mm-hmm. and uh you like cut a hole in the fucking suitcase I ripped the lining out, ripped the lining out yeah. and the mouse ran away it was fucking horrifying. But I didn't know if that was the only mouse. Because there were two in there, I'm pretty sure. Remember you felt two mice in the lining? And I saw head. one run away, but then another one was like MIA. Yeah. So we get up, lights on, everything comes out of the suitcases. We shake out everything. We're looking at every single thing. We're putting stuff up on the like table or whatever, packing stuff up. And we go to the fucking airport Thankfully, we get our money back. We get our money back for the drone. Well, okay. You didn't want me to get try to get my money back because remember, we lost the drone in the ocean. Oh, you were going to lie <laughs> so, to them. That's it right. wasn't just I lost the $1,000 drone. It's I lost the $1,000 drone, but I also have no drone to show them to get my $300 deposit back. Yeah. So technically, I imported that drone yeah. when I lost it. So I was like, I was so mad at this point that everything had gone wrong on our vacation. I was like, I am not 
leaving this country without my $300. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's not happening. And then you were like, Chris, let's just get out of here. You can't lie to customs because they're going to catch you. They're going to throw you in jail. Listen, and we're then, never going home. And we're never, we're going to stuck here. And then I can't, I'm not leaving you here in jail. So I was like, fine. You you do what you need to do. Get us checked into our flight. I'm going to the customs building. I was building. feeling super sick too because I'd been up all night with that mouse. And if I don't get like a lot of sleep, I get really nauseated. Yeah. Plus you're flying and, and worrying flying. about that. Yeah. So I go to the, the customs and I was thinking in my head, I was like, you know what? I guarantee you that the custom guys here don't know the difference between a Mavic Air versus any other drone versus a Mavic Air controller. So I did. I took the Mavic Air controller uh, Box, the the travel case, case mm-hmm. put the remote controller in it, and then put loosely put four props on the each corner of the controller. <laughs> <You> fucking troll! <laughs> I went into the guy. I was like, uh, "Yes, I'd like to get my deposit back. I have a a drone that I'm taking back out of the country. And you guys took my three hundred dollars. My <laughs> came here. Like, oh yeah, give me your paperwork, your receipt. Okay, let me see the drone. So I just kind of like. Open it up. He's like, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> I showed him the, I showed him, I just quickly flashed the controller with the props on it. And then he's like, okay. I'm like, yes. The guy was like 70 or 80 years old. So I was like, yes, I think I can pull this off. Then you fucking texted me and you're like, um, you're not going to be able to get on the flight because they just got like, they detained. detained. Yeah. And I was like, and then you were behind me. I was like, you fucking prick. <laughs> God, anyway. So then, so we're in the clear now. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know what? Because the night before, obviously with the mouse escapade, I was like, how are we going to figure out? I was like, what's the best way to figure out if there's any mice left in the suitcase? I was like, shit, you know what I need? I need x-ray capabilities. (laughs) If I was at work and I had my x-ray machines, I just shoot a radiograph of this suitcase and make sure there's no little skeletons in it. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, shit. We're going through customs. They have x-ray equipment. So I was like, oh, I'll just ask the customs officer if I can just look at the images and just, you know, make sure there's, you know, no mice there. So <laughs> we were so tired too. I just went up to him. I was like, uh, excuse me, uh, I'm a radiologist. Um, can you show me the uh, images from these x-rays? Because I just need to make sure there's no little skeletons in my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of looked at me like, what? I was like, oh, wait. Like, oh, wait, mouse skeletons, yeah. not human skeletons. <laughs> So it's not that's not the best thing to tell security when you're trying to get out on the plane. No. Yeah, there might be skeletons in my suitcase. So then I had to like launch into this story and tell them exactly like blow by blow <laughs> how everything happened the night before with this with oh, the God. mice in the suitcase. And he's probably like, oh my God, this is too much information, but this is the most random story ever. We had all these plans to have this fantastic jet ski adventure. It was supposed that- to be the ideal like the the ideal travel vlog where like everything looks amazing and And that's the video that we were going to make right and it didn't happen and that whole trip was the perfect example of rolling with the punches yeah you're mad that things aren't working out but then also accepting what's happening and documenting it and turning it into a story right so there's a point where like it flips and so much stuff has gone wrong where your your rock bottom is not at the end where everything has gone wrong. Your rock bottom is actually in the middle where like half the stuff's gone wrong, mm-hmm. but there's still hope that you could turn it around and make this like picturesque 
you know, travel video. Yeah. But at that point, you know, you just, you, you hit the level of acceptance midway and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm just like, bring it on. What else can go wrong in this trip? Yeah. <laughs> like how ridiculous can this get? Exactly. And when stuff starts going wrong, you just, you had to just break down and film everything. And just laugh about and it. And just laugh about it. Yeah. Because really like, Laughter is just the key, is the medicine for everything. And no matter how much shit goes wrong like that, I mean, looking back, like, it was such a shit trip, but also I'm kind of glad it went down the way it did because, A, it was a great story and it was a memorable trip. And it was kind of, it was funny. You know what? At this point, so much shit has gone wrong. Either I'm going to get my $300 back or I'm going to end up in Bahamian jail. Like, I don't even it, care anymore. Fuck it. <laughs> So anyway, that was probably one of our worst travel experiences. I'm sure people have had way worse travel experiences than that, but... It's all relative. Yeah, but that was just one of them. I mean, just so much shit went wrong. And But I mean, yeah, so I, I just wanted to touch on kind of like the vlog side of that trip because we were vlogging it and we had all these intentions of making this awesome video, but things didn't go right. But instead of being so mad that we just gave up filming, we just filmed everything. Because that's a, a very real thing. Definitely. When things don't go right, you are in a poor mood. You just don't want to film anything. And then it's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not going to make a video on this. Whatever. I don't even care anymore. Yeah. But we kind of pushed through. We did push through. Because I think both of us thought that it, if we didn't document it all, that we'd regret it. And a True. lot of times that we're in situations like that, I'm usually the one to get mad and cranky first. Definitely. And that's when <laughs> you will actually take over with the camera. Because a lot of the times, like we mentioned earlier in this pod, like I do the filming now and I man the story now. And even in Vancouver, like you're barely in the video and there's some clips because you just didn't film anything. You want to ask you to film something. So sometimes when those things go wrong and I am cranky, you do step up and you do take the camera and you do film it. And Half because no, I'm just trolling you because you're well, cranky. Yeah, and, uh, looking back sometimes too, I'm like pissed off that you film me. But then sometimes they tell you to stop filming and you do. And then I'm kind of like, fuck, maybe he shouldn't have stopped filming. Just take the story, man. You always, you never want to have fewer options. You're right. Just if you're, when in doubt, just film it. Yep. It's true, actually. I, I think that's why you and I make a good team. You don't have to publish it. Because, yeah, you're right. I think that's why we make a good team. Because I think that you, you once told me that I'm not dedicated to our YouTube channel. <laughs> and it pissed me off a lot. But I think now... You're actually not dedicated to the YouTube channel. No, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, Peckham. And so I feel like I had to step up to the plate with all of the filming and the con and the story because otherwise it wouldn't happen. So what you're telling me is that my reverse psychology worked. I guess. I'm doing a Wayne Gretzky fist pump right now. <laughs> you're an idiot. I love you. <laughs> no, I mean, it definitely worked. You saying that definitely helped. But maybe I should tell you you're not dedicated to the vlog and see if that helps. I think we've been talking for a long time. So we're going to take a quick break. After the break, we're going to do a That's Friggin' Dudley segment, Travel Edition. So I'm going to let you do yours because A, this podcast has been uh, a lot longer than I think we intended it to. And B, I didn't know we were doing a That's Friggin' Dudley. So I do not have an example of something that is That's Friggin' Dudley. Well, I have two examples of something that's freaking deadly that I love for traveling. Okay, so you say it, I'll mouth it. Okay, well, they can't see it. Ew. Uh, <laughs> mouth noises. I need to edit this later. <laughs> you know, I hate mouth noises. You hate mouth noises. Okay. The first thing that uh, that's freaking deadly for me, travel edition, uh, the travel accessory that I cannot. It's your pillow. No, 
It's the headphones that you're wearing right now. Oh, the headphones I'm wearing right now. Yes. Yeah. Sony WX... WMX 1000 20 million letters. I don't, I don't know what the fucking... They're in the show notes. They are the best headphones I've ever had. They do not hurt my ears. They are sound canceling. Noise canceling. Now, they are noise canceling. Ambient noise reduction. Correct. They fit. They are comfortable. They have a beautiful case. They're wireless. I'm obsessed with And they were free. Yes, we got them at Sony Camera Camp. Yeah, they gave us in our little goodie bags. Sony Camera Camp was unreal. That's a, that's freaking deadly in and of itself. Yeah, that was freaking deadly. Okay, um, what's next on your list? The second one is my nomadic duffel travel bag that I used for Cold Island. It's really amazing for doing like weekend trips, helicopter trips. I don't love it for like big international trips because it's a duffel bag. It's definitely more of an adventure bag versus like a roller bag. So if you're like going through a lot of airports and stuff, it's a bit of a hassle. But for like Cold Island, it was awesome. Just like throw it in the back of the bag, back of the heli. It's waterproof or like going up to Toronto, just like wearing it on your back and like going in the subway or like riding your skateboard with it on your back. Like it is awesome. It's a 40 liter duffel bag. It fits everything. Like I could go in it for, I went, well, we went to Col- for Cold Island for two weeks and I fit everything I needed in there clothing wise. Mm-hmm. And when I bought it, it comes with like this like little laundry bag and you can get these like little cubes, packing cubes, just wicked, just deadly. So that's freaking deadly. I really like them bags. <laughs> dim bags, love. Yeah. And they fit up on the top compartment too. Cause they like squish a little bit mm-hmm. if you don't have a lot of stuff. So that's what I find freaking deadly. Those two things. I, we have no trips coming up because of COVID. You know what? It's okay to reminisce about our trips. You know, if you could just like take a week now and there was no pandemic, where would you go? Fly a helicopter to the Bahamas. Really? After that story? Didn't bring up any triggering memories? Dude, I want to do that so bad. I'd go to Norway. <laughs> Chris has got to go use the bathroom, so we're going to leave you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, poop like a champion. <laughs>